Hey everybody, it's Joel Johnson here. Hope everyone out there in the podcast land is doing really, really well. Uh, this is going to be kind of a random podcast. You know, uh, you all, uh, those of you that are participants in my Rainmaker Revolution coaching group, you sent back uh, surveys to AE, and we paid a lot of attention to those. And um, we also, uh, Brianna gathered some questions at the last event, and I'm just going to kind of go through and comment on some of the questions and some of the survey uh, comments. Some of them were comments, not questions. And just got to give you some reasoning maybe behind the way um, we've structured things at Rainmaker, uh, just so you know. And so the context of this session is just really kind of a random Q&A uh, based on some survey reports, and there's not going to be any specific direction to it except that you're going to be hearing my mind and my thinking behind why we're doing the things that we're doing. Uh, just to set you up for this, I want you to really understand that I have thought through very, very seriously the structure of our group. I have put a lot of time, and of course I've got 12 years of experience being in my own coaching groups, building this firm, having to hire people that didn't work out, uh, ending up hiring some superstars in this firm, restructuring on several occasions, moving offices. So there's just inherently a lot of wisdom that I'm bringing to the table for you in growing, in helping you grow your own practices with ideas. Uh, if there are things that aren't being done and you're wondering why they're not being done, um, there's probably a good reason behind it. There's very few uh, things that um, when talking with Cody and Dave about doing this group and getting input from a number of focus groups we did last year before content was even put together. I did focus groups. Some of you were on those focus group calls with your marketing, uh, vice president of marketing. There's very few that hasn't been thought of. So I, I just want you to know that. But let me let me just go through, and I'm just going to read some things that we've called from the surveys. Um, one of the requests was, you know, I want to learn how to get my associate advisors to produce more. I want to learn how to get my associate advisors to produce more. I want to give you a couple keys for that. One is to have a sales process that is tight, that's followed every time. You can use mine. I gave you that booklet, and I hope you've taken that booklet and duplicated it and given it to your staff and your associate advisors and use it as a template. We've got the first meeting in there. We've got the second meeting in there. You've also got the videos from the second appointment. Uh, you have the role play video that I did at AE headquarters. And so one of the ways to get your associate advisors to produce more is to have them go through the sales, same sales process every single time. Uh, and the other thing is that what we do here at Johnson Brunetti is we constantly role play, even though our guys are extremely productive, we've got to bring them back. People begin to stray off the reservation in their sales process. Some of you as advisors stray off the reservation in your sales process. So get your associate advisors to follow the same process every time. Number two, teach them those closing lines and make them role play the closing lines with you. If you remember when I went through my sales process and Eric went through his sales process role play, uh, we don't have to overcome objections a heck of a lot. And the objections that we do overcome are things like either I want to think about it, which means you've done something wrong in the first place, or um, I want the specific strategies or specific investments that my accounts are going into, which you know the answers to that. And so so uh, get them to role play those closing lines. You need to have two or three closing lines you use every time, maybe over and over again in the same appointment. It can be something like, sounds good, or does this make sense to you, or how would you like us to set up the beneficiaries on your new accounts, or do you have a copy of your driver's license? I'm going to need to make a copy of it for the paperwork that we're about to fill out. Uh, it's just little lines like that that can make the close process easy. You don't want to build up a ton of tension 
in the, uh, before the close process, so there's this moment of tension like you're at the car dealer um, type of thing. You want to avoid that. Uh, the other way to get your associate produce, uh, advisors to produce more is give them more appointments, and that's always uh, the solution to many, many problems in our business. And I would ask you that anytime you're dealing with a big problem in our business, ask yourself that question. If I had more appointments, would this problem even exist? Or if I had more appointments, would that help solve the problem? Be such a great marketer that you've got more appointments than you need. I was on a conversation with a producer yesterday, and she said she had 14 brand new prospect appointments for this week, and she was feeling overwhelmed. Well, we don't run that many brand new prospects appointments every week for one advisor. We like one advisor to have about 8 to 10 because they're going to need room for second and third appointments and also their annual reviews uh, with particular clients. So um, that's a solution that she has where now she can hand off some of those appointments to associate advisors. Give your associate advisors lots of opportunities to close business. They need to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. Idle time for an associate advisor is really bad. Keep them busy. That's your job as a marketer. So a few tips there on how to get my associate uh, advisors to produce more. Um, here's one. Uh, expand my mindset. Uh, my normal way of looking at things is not adequate enough. I want to see a higher level. Well, that's one of the reasons why we did that 10 times exercise for you, the tenfold mindset that we did. And I want you all to go back and look at that. Look at it over and over and over again. Um, think about your business being 10 times what it is today. If you've done 10 million of annuity production year to date, what if you'd done 100 million? What would your business have to look at, look like? It's possible. It's possible that you think bigger. That's why I like to get in rooms with people that are doing much more production than I am. Um, whether that's production as far as assets under management business or annuity production or whether it's revenues, I want to get around people that manage more money. If I manage uh, 200 million, if we have 200 million under management, I want to get around people that have 2 billion under management. I want to see how they do it because to them it's just a normal thing. It's nothing. To me, it's a really big deal to get to that level. How do I get to that level? It seems almost impossible. So one of the best ways that you can get your thinking bigger is go through exercises like 10 times. Remember, you have to think as if it's already happened and imagine what your business would look like and write, 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 write. Um, but you're right. Your normal way of thinking, where you are today is a result of your thinking. If you're not happy with that or maybe you're happy but you want to get bigger, you've got to change your thinking. Um, here's another one. How service and delicate issues for AUM clients really occurs. What is done by the associate to service the, uh, the AUM clients or what's done by the service team or what's done by the lead advisor? We try to have our service team handle almost every issue. We kind of look at the service team as uh, their main job is to protect the energy and the confidence of the financial advisor. So how do we handle delicate uh, AUM issues? Uh, we try to get the service team to handle them first, and they're trained, and they're trained very well to have conversations, and they understand the products. Now, if it's something like a client's freaking out, because, for instance, in one of our models right now, there's a, there was an energy fund. We just moved it out. Um, but there was an energy fund, an ETF that involves energy. Um, I am a firm believer in that particular ETF. I think people are stupid if they're selling energy right now. I think they ought to be buying energy. Um, but... Uh, you also have to balance out the needs of a client to see changes in their portfolio because it doesn't do the client any good if they leave us because they can't get over their own biases. So part of this is client education and expectation. Part of it is knowing when to make changes so the client feels like there's positive momentum and there's a fine line there. 
And so for those kind of conversations, the advisor probably will get involved. But anything that has to do with, I didn't get my check on time this month, or I'm not sure about my minimum required distribution, or something like that, we don't want our associate advisors involved in any of that. Uh, we want them running fast, solving problems for clients, and having conversations with clients. Okay. Um, there was an interesting comment that said, we don't want to make any changes, just let Joel do his thing. Uh, the teaching is the best when Joel's not trying to answer questions, but just doing his thing. Um, I thought that was an interesting comment, and that kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning, um, that I think it's very, very important that you guys understand we have put a ton of time into this, a ton of thinking. You know, my goal, what will make me happy, is if in the year 2017, uh, you have doubled your you have doubled your business over what you did in 2014. Three years, double your business. Every one of you can do that. That's the goal. So, um, so yeah, and it's going to be interesting. The fall session that we have here uh, in Dallas, um, there's going to be a lot of heart to heart conversation. We're going to come up with a 2016 business plan, but there's going to also going to be a lot of heart to heart conversation about some of the wisdom and some of the things that I've learned the hard way and some things I've just gotten lucky on that you can take advantage of my luck. Okay, um, another comment about those things is more big-picture brainstorming. People wanted more big-picture brainstorming and planning on what we want from our business. Um, they said we had a lot more of that in the first session and a lot less in the second session. That's correct. The first session was all about your thinking. A lot of it was about your thinking. The second session was a little bit more practical stuff. Um, we're going to get back to the thinking in the third session. You guys that are um, feeling like you're not getting enough detail, you've got to mature as business people. Um, some of this stuff, you know, if you own a McDonald's franchise, you don't need to figure out that you don't need a step-by-step -step process on how to clean the floors, although McDonald's probably has a step-by-step -step process. Um, but so I, I'm not going to give you, you know, how to fill out a fidelity form or how to deal with global or TD Ameritrade or whoever else you're dealing with. I want to get your thinking right. If you can get your thinking right, you won't need the step-by-step. -step. You'll be able to figure some of that stuff out on your own. Now, with that said, I realize... You want specific answers to certain things, and we've given that to you. One of the frustrations for me has been that I've seen that many of you um, uh, were getting calls from some of your offices, and you haven't shared the materials with your staff. Share the materials with your staff. Go back and look, at, look through binder number one and binder number two. Don't be so busy working inside your business that you can't work outside your business. So there is definitely going to be more big picture and brainstorming and planning on what you want from your business in the third session, and we're going to spend just a ton of time imagining what we want our 2016 to look like and making that happen. Uh, we want you to make that happen. We want you to dream it up, make it real, pass it off to your staff, let them figure out how to repeat it over and over and over again. Okay, um, I think I'm going to address one thing that we've had come up um, from one producer two times now and then um, from, uh, from a couple other guys, and that is hot seats, okay? Uh, I will hand select from time to time somebody to come up and share. Um, in the last session in Chicago, we had Matt Dickin come up uh, and talk a little bit. We had Chris Herling from uh, Austin come up and talk a little bit. Um, what I will not do, I will not uh, have somebody come up with some problem and address the problem to the group and have the group start solving the problem. 
Uh, I am not going to put a big producer up there that's bringing in $50 million a year and have him get advice from somebody uh, that's at the $10 million level. That will not happen. So that's one of the reasons why if you, when you say hot seats, you mean somebody get in front of the room voicing a problem and having a bunch of other people give them advice. I'm just not going to do that because I don't I think a lot of the advice might not be correct, and I don't think that's right, and I don't think that's what you're paying for. So I'm paying a lot of attention to the problems that you guys are bringing up that you want us to solve, but we're going to do it in a structured way that serves all of the producers. And if you say, well, I'm not in a place where uh, guys like Matt Dickin or Mark Lloyd are, and I need something different. No, maybe you don't need something different. Maybe you need to think like guys like Matt Dickin and Mark Lloyd and Bob Grace and myself. Maybe that's the point of the group is to get you thinking like people that are doing much more business than you. Now, if you are doing a lot of business, um, I think you can relate to what I just said. Uh, You don't want to get up there, share something from your heart that's a problem in your business, and then have the whole meeting derail because you start to get advice from people that – maybe aren't even half the business person you are. So we want to protect that. So uh, we may do some hot seats uh, in the future, um, but they're going to be structured in a different way than some of you think they are. Um, Okay, let me see if I have anything else on this sheet here. And again, I'm just kind of rambling here. Um, Here's a great one. We want to solidify in the third meeting, we want to solidify what we learned in session one and two and tie everything together. Absolutely, we are going to be working on that. When we work through this business plan, um, I want you guys to bring the exercises you've done. You might be well to bring your meeting notes from the first two meetings as well as your 10 times um, sheet. Uh, Bring those things to the meeting in Dallas. Bring everything you think will be valuable to you. This is it, guys. We're going to meet in Dallas, and we're going to put together a fantastic 2016 uh, business plan. A um, couple thoughts on marketing. Uh, a couple people brought up things about uh, generating leads in a certain way where TV is too expensive or radio too is, is too expensive. Um, talking through the uh, before, during, and after part of the marketing. Um, I want to encourage you guys to go back and read that book I did with Dean Jackson. Read it and read it slowly and highlight things in it and think about how it applies to our business. Um, it's really important. If you can create your business with this before, during, and after piece where the before unit's job is to deliver appointments to the during piece. The during piece is to do great appointments to bring in new clients and to make more sales. The after piece is once somebody is in your stable of clients, how do we service them so that they're continually yielding referrals and new business? And so think that through. Read that Dean Jackson um, book that, that I did with Dean. It's Dean in the beginning, and then it's, of course, comments and a conversation with me and Dean in the back. And I think that will be very, very helpful to you. So gear up. Dallas is going to be awesome. Uh, please feel free to call my office if you have any questions or anything that you feel like I can help you with. I'm real excited for you guys to be in the group. I thought this was, um, I'm going to listen to this podcast before we just throw it out there because I want to make sure it's not too much in rambling. But I, wanna take, I wanted to take time to um, make sure that we're addressing some of the questions that come up. So we've talked about mindset. We've talked about associate advisors. We've talked about um, uh, marketing. We've talked about gearing up for next year. And we've talked about why we're doing some things in the meeting um, that are a little different. I don't know if Rob's group or Bill and Chad's group are doing hot seats. Um, but again, my job is to, you know, I want to double your business in, in three years. And I want to make sure that we're doing stuff that's not short-term feel-good stuff, but stuff that can get down really, really, really deep. Three last things. 
Peter Drucker said the two primary purposes of business is marketing and innovation. Peter Drucker, two primary purposes of business, marketing and innovation. How are you marketing better and better each month? And how are you innovating your processes? Hopefully, one of the ways you're doing that is being in a group like the Rainmaker Revolution Group. Secondly, the gap. Uh, remember, don't measure yourself against other people. Don't measure yourself against an ideal. If you thought you were going to do $40 million in annuity premium this year and you're at 30 or if you thought you were going to do 20 and you're only at, at, you know, at the end of the year, you're only at 15 don't measure that and look at that as a failure. Measure back. Measure your progress against where you used to be. So you're constantly in an attitude of gratitude. Um, but don't get stuck in the gap where you're just comparing yourself to other people and you're saying, I'm not good enough. And then 10 times, ladies and gentlemen, this is so key. And some of you are missing it because you're getting so caught up in, you know, how do I do A, B, C, D, E, F, as opposed to thinking 10 times. Put yourself in a position where you think about your business being 10 times the size it is now. How would you run it? Would you be there every day? Would you be doing appointments? Would you be just doing the marketing? Would you maybe um, be right down in the mix and all you want to do is appointments? Some of you wouldn't do any appointments at all. What would your staff look like? How talented would your staff be? Who would you have to leave behind and who would you have to replace? Think of your business being 10 times what it is today. That's a big key to your growth. Thank you again. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I will talk to you next time on this podcast.